0: So, are you DTFF?
1: Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge.
0: Welcome back to another episode of the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football podcast, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, another terrific episode we have for you this evening. No, we are going back. We're we're going into the Wayback Machine, way back to August of 2021. So long ago. So long ago. So, yeah, we're going back. We're going to do a little Back to the Future because it's one of our favorite movies, uh, at least one of my favorite movies. Uh, I shouldn't speak for you, Jake, but uh, one of my favorite movies. Uh, So, yeah, we're going back to the future we're going to go back and talk about some things that maybe now with all the knowledge that we've acquired like the gray's sports book we have all the knowledge how would we go back and do things differently for this fantasy season so that's what we're talking about this evening it's going to be awesome it's going to be a lot of fun um Jake how are you doing this evening doing so good i'm doing so good um uh, because the playoffs are
1: near playoffs? And or here, depending on your league. And that's always a fun time. Mm -hmm. Um, And congratulations to you, sir, by the way. Thank you. For getting into the playoffs in our home league, which, you know, of all the leagues we might be in, I think we can both agree that the home league, there's something separate and special about that.
0: So getting into the
1: playoffs
0: there. Definitely is. that's
1: That's the grail. And you did it. Congratulations. It was a very tightly contested race. Between it was five of us there trying to all scratch and claw our way in. I just narrowly missed out myself, unfortunately.
0: Oh, that's Good friend bad. of the show
1: Nate uh who contributed to the show, which we'll talk about later, uh did just edge me out there to get that last spot, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I, I rocked into the playoffs with a solid seven and six record, so I'm feeling great about it. <laughs> I got rocked out with a seven and six record. I yeah. hate those tiebreakers. You know how dare
1: how dare you be rewarded for doing better overall? You know what I mean? How I dare
0: you be awarded that point for
1: tiebreaker?
0: It's weird. What the hell? <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm pretty excited about it. I play the commish. Uh, in the first round of the playoffs here. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, I'm hoping to get a little side action on this. I doubt he's going to go for it. But yeah. maybe because it's the playoffs, he will. We'll see. M- maybe. You got to knock his
1: ass out. You got you got to exit. First round exit for the commish is the sweetness. That's, that's well, what you strive for, you know? Well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> now, I didn't get into the homely playoffs. I did... I had zero clue that this was a thing until this morning. I got into the Scott Fishbowl playoffs, though, which I didn't think was nice. happening. We, we both talked about it this past weekend. We, we've not well done, done so hot. Well but done, I eked dude. my way in there. So, hey, I, I got a little something still, you know, in terms of elite leagues. I still got something hanging there.
0: Yeah, I wish I could say that. My team was not very good this year, unfortunately. Uh, five and eight record. That's not good, Bob, but that's all right. At least one of the two hosts got in uh, this year. So uh, for the show, we are two for two in playoff appearances. So we got that going for us.
1: We're splitting focus is what we're doing here. You know, I'll take care of the Scott Fish Bowl. You take care of the home league playoff. And we will meet at the end there, hopefully standing atop, you know, all of the the bodies in our
0: I, I will. Gladly take our home league victory because um, <laughs> that pot of money is just too nice to pass up. Oh, uh, uh, true, true. Well, without further
1: ado, Dustin, I did want to crack into uh, our our beer of the week. Yeah, I, I
0: already have because we have two of them and they're tall boys. So I, I got started a little early and it's, it's actually... All right. I'm going to preface this just for all of our listeners out there that this particular brewery is not one of my favorite breweries in Madison. Uh, they, they've typically done beer probably that I could do better. Uh, I'm not trying to <laughs> brag here, but it's just not very great beers. I think you would agree with me, Jake.
1: Yes. Yes. I, I will say that, you know, to, to cut to the quick here, this is a Wisconsin Brewing Company beer. It's a barrel aged espresso porter, which sounds amazing. But I have had the same amount of success in drinking their beers that you have. Like, we'll go out to a festival. We'll go out to a concert, a bar, whatever. Mm -hmm. And there's one of these on tap. And I think we both just have agreed, basically, to stay away. However, this week, we were gifted this. Neither of us supplied it this week. Uh, I mentioned his name up top, our good friend, Nate, Mm -hmm. who has made side bets with us in our home league in different weeks. We were both lucky enough to come out on top of those side bets. He already paid off the bets, by the way, by doing like a beer chug of a gross beer that he didn't like. That was the bet. He went above and beyond and decided he's also going to supply beer, not just for this week, but for next week as well. So shout out to Nate.
0: Yes. Thank you, Nate. Um, What do you think of this beer, Jake? I actually really like this. I think this Mm -hmm. is
1: really good. I was pleasantly surprised.
0: Yeah, I, and when you said it was Wisconsin Brewing Company beer, I was like, oh, I didn't even, I didn't even know what, what beer it was, I'll be honest. Uh, but then when I pulled this out uh, of the little four pack case, I was like, barely, I think I've had this one before, um, out, out, out at my local tavern. And yeah, it's a good beer. I actually really like it. Um, I think it's solid beer. Um, because it's barrel aged, it's got that just, it's a higher alcohol, and it's got like a little bit of a, like a syrupy taste to it. Like it's a little sweet, a little bit. Uh, but little bit. but overall, it's a very good beer. Like it's it's definitely one I can drink and I enjoy.
1: Yeah, it's ten point three percent. So it's a big it's a big timer, like you said. It, it there. sure is. And with most beers of that that content, there's going to be a little bit of that syrupiness when you're talking about the barrel aged mm-hmm. thing. So I almost expect it. It's just an amazing surprise when it's not there. Yes. But I expect it now. But this is this is really good. I mean, of all the beers that I've had from them. Exactly. I, this is 100% the best.
0: Absolutely. So well done, Wisconsin Brewing Company. Um, I'll give you Woo! four out of five stars.
1: Wow. Wow. I thought you were still going to do like a begrudging, like three star. Like, well, you know, it's not I about, terrible.
0: I thought about doing like three and a half and I'm like, you know what? It's better than that. Give them credit.
1: Yeah. Stop. Stop being a label snob.
0: That's Justin. right.
1: And me. I mean,
0: I've had the same
1: thoughts. So I can't, can't say anything. Yeah, I'll give it a, I'll give it a four and a quarter. That's how much Oh, like
0: four this. and a quarter. Nice. Yeah. Four so and a total quarter. of eight point two five stars out of ten. Not a bad rank. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, that's pretty respectable, I think. All right, Wisconsin we'll uh, Brewing
0: Company, keep doing good beers like this, and we will keep drinking them and giving you props on our show. Or
1: that's... you can become
0: a sponsor. That'd be awesome.
1: The biggest
0: of all prizes,
1: that's the right. elusive DTF mm-hmm. sponsorship, only allowed to few. Uh, now, what was less respectable than this beer? Would you say is the beer bet that we made last week? It, I feel what's... like. What's wrong with our beer bet? It's it's icky. It's icky, Dustin. Now you don't think so because you won. Well, of course. Um, I just I hate I hate in retrospect everything about this beer bet because what it was, as a trip down memory lane here, was Brandon Cooks versus Michael Pittman. But it wasn't fantasy points. It was receptions, straight mm-hmm. up receptions. And that's a that's a that's a dirty, gross bet uh, to make. I just want to say that. Uh, I know I've done it to you in the past, <laughs> but it doesn't excuse you for doing it now to me. Uh, and and Cooks got Cooks got whooped. Cooks got the treatment of like Debo Samuel the last couple of healthy weeks, where he was running more than he was catching balls. Mm-hmm. And so he only caught three. Pittman caught six. You of course won. Of course. And, and for that you should feel something, I suppose. It's
0: smugness. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the word you're looking for smugness
1: <laughs> yep there's our smugness. uh so because of that i will be paying off this beer bet here now i'm treating myself to some nice honey bourbon some nice Ooh. small batch honey bourbon it's nice. blue treat ash yourself. farm i am gonna treat myself it's blue ash farm bourbon and it is from gurney illinois Oh, across the, the border the of that city it is it is so without further ado Justin, you are a fantastic fantasy analyst, prognosticator, and genius. Cheers! Thank you. Ooh, you know what? I think I won that bet too. That is <laughs> fucking tasty. <laughs>
0: that's that's not a that's not a shot uh, liquor there. That that's more of a I, sipper. I feel like I disrespected
1: it by doing it as a shot. That bet yeah. should have been savored. Yeah, instead I glugged it down like an asshole. So Uh, Now you know for next time. That's better than that gross vodka I'd been using.
0: It's a true story. Well, should we give an update? I'll give an update uh, on the rest of the season long uh, beer bet we've got going on just to let the folks know where I stand on this one. So it was the Cortland Sutton uh, bet for all you out there that Jake set. He's going to score less than 11 points per game the rest of the season. I took the over. because That's my guy. I'm I'm planting my flag. I'm there. Three and a half points this week. Could you say that
1: one more time?
0: I didn't catch that. Three and a half.
1: (laughs) (laughs) God damn, that sounded sultry. Uh, How are you feeling at uh, this point? Not good,
0: Bob. Not good. Uh, He's got a little work to do here to make up the ground because it's just an average of 11 points per game for the rest of the season so hopefully bust out like a 40 point week here and we'll make up for everything else let me ask
1: let me ask you this do you think from this point forward he can average 11 per game like disregarding week 13 do you, right. do you think that from
0: here on out he can average 11 points per game um i just i'm trying to look up their schedule here does
1: it does it honestly matter with with him do you think
0: yes okay
1: all right because it hasn't mattered the last six weeks i'll tell you that he's had some okay matchups and he hasn't done anything
0: there's the broncos so we has got detroit cincinnati vegas chargers and casey a couple not, of good matchups in there i say not bad matchups um could he do it? Yes. Am I confident? No. There's always that possibility. But I yeah. just, yeah, I don't think he's going to do it. I'm not going to concede defeat at this point. I'm like a stubborn politician. I'm not going to throw in the towel until the last dying breath. But, yeah, it's not looking good. So
1: you're not willing to call him droppable yet at this point? People have him on their rosters and redraft. You're not willing to call him droppable yet? Is that fair?
0: I guess it depends who's out on your waiver wire. I mean, because you are in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and Cortland Sutton has not really shown much when Judy has been active this year, which has been very disappointing. So I wouldn't say he's droppable, but there's if you have better options out on your waiver wire, then yes, I, I would think you could drop him for the for your fantasy playoffs here.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you've if you've got some you know stud out on your waivers, like. Devante Parker, then go ahead and pick him up. But honestly, I think Parker is a better play the rest of this year if he's healthy. It's sad it that it's be. coming to this.
0: It, it very well could be. Do. He All finally right, realized that he's... Parker finally realized he's got to play for a contract for next year, so he started to play again.
1: Yes, Well... Uh, all right, I guess it's healed enough. Let's get back in there. Mm-hmm. Let's lock down that contract. All right, we've we've been in the doldrums enough here. Do we want to get to the bright, shiny spot of our episode? Yeah, our Drunk Trade of the Week. Let's do it. Drunk, 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 drunk. drunk, drunk. Drunk, 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 drunk. Drunk Trade of the Week. drunk, from Reddit once again. Reddit user Entertainer, number. Seven five two eight. So a lot of entertainers coming mm-hmm. before them. There, that's that's a grand tradition that they're carrying on. Uh, now this trade says, last season I got drunk during week one Thursday night football. So kickoff for the actual NFL
0: season. And who wasn't excited for football at the beginning of last year? Let's be honest.
1: Oh, uh, remember those times? Remember yeah. the sheer joy? We were just of excited. We
0: didn't. We, we didn't think we were going to have football. So, yeah, I was probably drunk, too, at that night. <laughs> we did it. That
1: was like our mission accomplished banner was week mm-hmm. one of the 2021 season. Yep. Or 2020 season. Uh, but in any case, they say, I decided I wanted to get a more dependable wide receiver three. Okay. So, b- before any games have been played here, wanted to get a more dependable wide receiver three. So, I traded Keenan Allen and James Robinson for Terry McLaurin. Full stop. Well, partial stop. <laughs> Before I get into the rest of the explanation here, what do you think about the trade?
0: I, it's easy looking back in hindsight uh, mm-hmm. to this trade saying, yeah, it's not a very good trade because Keenan Allen did Keenan Allen things. He's always underrated. And then James Robinson was a stud out of nowhere. So yeah, looking at it now, hindsight, very, very lopsided. And not a good trade at all.
1: It's it's too it's too bad uh, because I understand where the thought process was. So I'll let Absolutely. them continue explaining though here, just for some context. Uh, thinking that Tyrod Taylor, who was then the Chargers quarterback, if you recall, he was the Week One starter, would yep. hold the job for at least half the year, and the Jags would have some ugly ass running back committee. Of course, the Chargers doctors tried to kill Tyrod, allegedly. I'm putting allegedly. that in there. Reddit user did not. And the other supposed <laughs> head of the backfield for the Jags, who was Raquel Armstead, missed all of last year with COVID. Here's the kicker. The dude that got the trade, that got, you know, Keenan Allen and James Robinson mm-hmm. would have won the title if he didn't run into Alvin Kamara and his six touchdowns. Oh,
0: that uh there's a lot of folks facing that uh Buzzsaw last year. So if there's any solace for you, entertainer it's that he didn't win the championship because of your dumbass trade. That's true. <laughs> so look at the bright side.
1: <laughs> oh, I, you know, if, if, oh, if I was this person, I would have absolutely tried that. Well, I I wouldn't say I would have necessarily done it because I didn't love Terry McLaurin and I love some Keenan Allen, but James Robinson wouldn't have been the big factor in there for me. Like, right, I, right. Come on. Was anybody really projecting him as a top 10 running back at the end of the no. season? Oh my God, no. I mean, holy hell. So I think it was a reasonable trade to be done at the time. It's just, you know, it didn't pan out.
0: It definitely did not, which is real sad for him. Real sad. <laughs> <laughs> this was a good story trade, though. We haven't had some story time trades. Mm-hmm. In, in yeah, a bit. absolutely. So uh,
1: I, I like it. Keep sending them in. Obviously, send them to us on Twitter at Fan, at Drinking Fantasy, at FF Dusty Dog, at Jake Trover. Just get them to us. We love mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, before we go full on DeLorean uh and gun this thing to 88 and go back to the future, this week's episode of Drinking and Talking Fantasy is brought to you by Poor Richard's Farm, 100% Beef Snack Sticks. You like beef? I bet you do. Do you like football without beef? Yeah, then you'll probably love football with beef. So I'm saying go over to poorrichardsfarm.com today. Stack up on these delicious beef sticks. We've got so many good flavors. There's the teriyaki maple. There is the Tex-Mex mesquites, our personal favorite here on the show. And there's not a bad flavor in the bunch. Head on over there now. You get free shipping if you buy at least three packs of these things. You're going to want at least three packs. Go to poorrichardsfarm.com today.
0: That's right. Do yourself a favor. Your mouth will thank you. All right, so let's go back to the future. So the whole premise here, Jake, I know I spelled it out in the beginning, but we'll give a real reiteration here, is knowing what we know now, how would we make changes to what our fantasy football philosophy or drafting or any anything for this season, taking it all into account, what we would go back and do differently And maybe are these some things that we should remember for draft season next year? Bingo. So, why don't you start us off here?
1: Yeah, I'm going to get these stitched into a thrill pillow so that I do remember them for next year. Because, you know, we did this episode last year. We did. Did I remember any of the things that we talked about and apply those to this season? You bet I didn't. You bet I didn't. So, this year... I would and hopefully will going forward factor in the track records of coaches when I am drafting my players, when I'm setting my lineups on a weekly basis. Yes, this is a Matt Nagy comment. <laughs> I got oh, wrapped yes, up. I should laugh, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's all you can do at this point. If There is always this fallacy. It gets talked about a lot and with good reason of rational coaching. We assume that all coaches know better than we do and are good enough at their jobs that worse, they're not just going to wreck everything. And they're not going to at least wreck our fantasy hopes and dreams. Because why would they do that to us? However, we've seen time over time, and this year it feels especially true, that coaches get in the way, not just of our fantasy teams. But of themselves, they get in the way of their teams actually doing good things. I said it's a Matt and comment. There are plenty of other co- uh, coaches that could be thrown into this. I, I And it's not always negative. It's some things that we should be thinking of that maybe we don't. A classic example, Bill Belichick and his running backs. We know that. We think about that all the time. We say, well, nobody in that backfield is going to be a workhorse because we know what Bill Belichick does. Mm -hmm. And you can fixate on that because it's such an old truth, but there's all these new truths that come out that we don't actually care about. (laughs) I think one of those two is Kyle Shanahan and the fact that we really don't know what in the fuck he's going to do on a weekly basis. We just don't. (sighs) And sometimes that works out well if you are, let's say, a Debo Samuel fan, Mm -hmm. for example then that works out for you because it goes against what a lot of the popular beliefs were, that Brandon Ayuk is going to be this you know, crazy target hog. Mm-hmm. And obviously didn't happen. And as much as I'd love to say, it was just us being really smart about Debo. I think that's only about 70% true. I think the other 30% is he irrationally put Brandon Ayuk in the doghouse, or at least to us, irrationally, right. we right. don't know what went into it. It didn't seem to be anything on the field that did that. Yeah, he had a couple of drops. Who doesn't? But he got shelved, and then it was like Debo all the time. I mean, I think that had to have even surprised you a little bit, right, Dustin?
0: Yeah, I didn't expect him to be the target hog that he has been this season. Um, So, yeah, that that was a surprise. I expected him to be the main target, but I thought, you know, I didn't expect Kittle to be hurt either this year uh, for, for those handful of games. I mean, there's a lot of factors that helped boost my... My call here with Debo, but yeah, I mean, I expected him to be the number one target on the team. I just didn't expect it to be by this far and away. Yeah,
1: I mean, same. Our our whole bet, which you have won. Let me just announce it now. We'll reannounce it later. But you won our beer bet about Debo Samuel. We both believed he would be better than Brandon Ayuk, but you believed it would be a much wider gap mm-hmm. than I did there, and you absolutely nailed that one. But I will say like things like Brandon Ayuk, people were sticking around on him for far too long after Shanahan had already showed us that I'm being irrational and I'm just shelving Brandon Ayuk for the first half of the season. Mm -hmm. But you cling to these things because you assume the coaches will wise up and start using the player that you believe uh, should be used. And it just doesn't always happen. So I need to categorize that in my dumb fucking brain
0: and hold on to it. Yeah, rational coaching does not exist. It's a fallacy. Unless unless
1: you're, I mean, there are some rational coaches out there, right?
0: Uh, I don't know. I, I, I feel like whenever you think that a coach is going to do something you expect, they just don't do it. So that's why I say that.
1: Okay. Well, they keep us on the edge of our seats, which is fun mm-hmm. for some things. You know, for actual NFL purposes, that can be fun. For fantasy, it's it's downright nauseating. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's my number one. What is yours, Dustin?
0: Mine is running back depth matters. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, I've I've gone. I, I, I traditionally when I draft, I, I draft heavy wide receiver because oh, there's so much more value. You get all the value. Look, look how much how many points you can get. But you can only start unless you're in one of those like start whatever position you want like all flex positions essentially mm-hmm. or you know it's like a 1 to 8 start wide receiver type league it doesn't matter how many great wide receivers you have on your team when you can only start two or three of them you know uh this is something that was painfully made clear in our home league this year uh i got lucky with one of my dynasty leagues as well where i didn't have a lot of running back depth i've i had one or two really good studs, underperformed. I, I had CMC in our home league, uh, which I was like, oh, gifted to me at the number two overall pick this year. Yeah, well, the fact that well. he
1: wasn't drafted <laughs> number one overall was such a blessing for you on that day and turned out to be such a curse it midway did. through this season. It did. Can I, in the spirit of Back to the Future here, can I ask who you would have drafted if CMC, so for our listeners, Mahomes went number one overall mm-hmm. because our league and quarterback scoring is outrageous. And also this person just a little bit irrational themselves, I think. <laughs> um, but let's say that CMC was taken truly number one overall. Who would you have taken at number two?
0: I'd have to go back and look at my my rankings. Um, but it would probably have been like, honestly, it probably would have been like Dalvin Cook. Mm. Uh, possibly. Um, so you would have possibly, had your own
1: share of issues yeah, with this category. Yeah, possibly regard.
0: like Camara, maybe. Mm. Um, it definitely wouldn't have been JT. I'd be lying if I said I would have had him that high. That'd uh, be maybe, some
1: revisionist shit for sure.
0: Yeah. May, maybe Henry, maybe. Although I don't know if I would have taken him second running back off the board, to be honest. So probably like Delvin. I'll be, I'll be honest, probably Dalvin cook. Fair. which, yeah, like you said, would have had my own share of issues uh, for parts of the season here with them anyway. So uh, but yeah, but getting back to my point is having that running back depth. So I basically I take like the one stud kind of the hero RB or anchor RB, however you want to say it. I have my one stud and then I draft a shit ton of wide receivers and, and focus on the other positions and then come back to running back later when there's basically no depth left to be had. And you've got just these no-name guys that you don't really necessarily see a path to starting with them. Not that you're hoping for injury because you never hope for injury. But there, there's not that path for them to become a starting running back. Either they're buried on the depth chart or they're behind someone that never gets injured. Uh again, rational coaching, like you expect it to be a timeshare. It doesn't end up being a timeshare. Like there's so many factors that go into how a running back is stuck on the depth chart. Uh, So for me, it's grabbing a whole bunch of running backs that I think have upside should things break the right way. I use that right way in quotes because, again, like I said, I don't want to ever. Yes, I don't don't ever want to hope for injury, so I don't don't want it to sound like that. But just, um, yeah, just... Having a bunch of running backs that I, I can see having upside if something were to happen and they were to get that opportunity for uh, more playing time, because the guys I had on my bench, like I was, I was scraping uh, the dregs these last couple weeks in our home league, just trying to find a running back to to field because of bye weeks and CMC being out and all this, and it's just been gross. You you
1: almost had to start a Kyle Uzcheck. I think at this point, because you were you were that you were this close
0: I was to having close. to make
1: that kind of maneuver, mm-hmm. and I will say, it's not that there can't be depth later in the draft at running Correct. back. I think it just gets really goddamn hard. Like I don't know, there are there are people who were 100 percent like I'm going to wait and take Elijah Mitchell at the very end because that will pay off, and then it did, and that's amazing. If and that you can happens spot every those year. Guys. But I can't spot that guy. That is not my specialty. I missed on James Robinson. We just talked about it last year. Mm -hmm. I wasn't thinking that that he was going to be this explosive thing. I missed on Elijah Mitchell this year. Late round running backs is not for me. So I am 100% with you on this.
0: Yeah, and I mean not even like super late round like, you know, your last couple rounds as far as running backs, but you know, even kind of those those mid to late rounds like that 9-10 range, uh trying to find the any sort of quality running back that has upside is really tough. Like the cliff drops off really fast after those first, you know, 20 running backs go off the board, then you're like unless you drafted
1: now? James Conner like this guy and still missed the fucking playoffs because the quarterback <laughs> situation was carpentry. But that, you know, I remember ta- not to pat ourselves on the back too much. I do recall an episode where we both were very high on James Conner because he was going so much later. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, was the exception to your rule of like, in general, the mid rounds. There's the dregs, I think you yep. said. And J.J. Zacharyson is a very known proponent of the running back dead zone. And mm-hmm. a, it's a terrible position to put yourself in. So next year, what I'm hearing is running back, running back, running back. There's your first three-round strategy in our
0: home. Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. We'll see.
1: Well, I'll tell you what I would like more. Uh, and if I could if I could take over the DeLorean steering wheel for a minute.
0: And I like I, this one, Jake. I'm just going to say I, I like this one.
1: I think it's very important on a weekly basis to play for ceiling more than playing for floor. If there is one thing that has bit me the most this year and what might be my worst fantasy football season to date, like outside of my first two years where I literally had no goddamn clue what I was doing, I think this is my worst overall. And I think I have finally narrowed down why. Aside from me just being bad at this, is why specifically am I bad at It's because I was shooting for the safe floor more than I was going for the guys who could win me the week because I didn't want to lose the week because I started this guy and he goosed me Mm -hmm. and he got me a zero. And in in playing for that, it's just like with the real NFL. If you're not playing to win, you're playing to lose. And that's what I was doing too often this year was, okay, yeah, this guy, let's say it's a Tyler Lockett type of player because he's always my favorite example to use in these situations because he can get you 30 points or he can get you four points. Right. Yep. Well, instead, let me go with the safe Tyler Boyd option. You know, I know this guy's going to get like six, seven targets. Tyler Boyd's a terrible example this year. Historically, yes. I think it's a better Historically, he's been better, yes. This <laughs> is more in that, you know, 10, 13 point range. This year, it was like three to eight points. Which um, I know
0: because I've had a lot of Tyler Boyd on my teams.
1: Oh, same, man. We love, we love the, the slot players that get overlooked. And we don't realize that sometimes they get overlooked for a reason. <laughs> and I think that was the case with Tyler Boyd. But it was it's a case where, yes, you can it's okay to have a floor. And if you want to balance mm-hmm. out your roster with high ceiling and safe floor players, I think that's still okay. But in general, I think it's better to err on the side of getting that boom week because you can win a week with those players. It's really hard to win a week, even if all of your floor players hit. Mm -hmm. You still have to hope that the opposing team doesn't have a boom week. And so it's a little bit of just like this, let me just coast. You know, let me coast with my safe floor players and just wedge them in there and hope that the other guy messes up. Hope that Mm -hmm. they set a bad lineup. Hope that their guys tank for the week. And it's a bad strategy i've come to find out this year like when you do it too much and you rely too heavily on floor can really bite you in the ass so here's the living proof of that uh coming to roost so next year it is going to be not all ceiling plays but much more in favor of ceiling
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and i like that because that's something i need to keep in mind too it's like and i i found myself doing it more as I was fighting for the playoff spot in our home league here towards the end of this season, like these last couple of weeks, I was playing like, okay, who's going to give me more upside. Should they hit really well? You know? Cause I'm like, I know I need new points to like beat my opponent, you know? So it's, it's right. one of those where, yeah, I started to do it a little bit more, but it's definitely important to remember that from the first snap of the season all the way through, because um, yeah, you need all those points, especially if you're in a, a potential points for like, the final playoff spot or your points for, for the season, like you need to score every single point you can. So that's why I really like that. So good. Good on you, Jake.
1: Thanks. Thanks. Thanks doc.
0: No problem. All right. Well, actually you're doc in this situation.
1: Oh, I didn't realize I was allowed to be doc.
0: No, didn't you see uh, that? You you didn't even see the, the Twitter, uh, the post on Twitter that I did, or uh, I did see it. I yeah, did see. You were. You were I deaf.
1: apologize. I apologize for not paying more attention to the to the show poster, as I like to call it, which is not uh, the correct term.
0: I know. No. Anyway, moving on. So, <laughs> uh, the next one I want to talk about is cutting bait on players. Uh, yeah. It's it's one of those I like to hang on because I feel like I always draft. My team, and it's my team. These my teams. I drafted them. I want to hold on to them. They're they're my little buddies. I I gotta just hold them tight. I don't want to let go. I'm, I don't want to let go. I'm like a crazy girlfriend or a boyfriend because we don't. So is you hold on tight. I don't want to let go, but you just gotta let it go. You just gotta let it go. Sometimes you gotta cut bait on players. Let it go. So I wasn't gonna go there.
1: Wait way, to, way to
0: bring this down.
1: Can't hold it back anymore. Sorry, man. You did this to us. You did this to us. No, I won't I even it. take the blame. No. You set me up, and I just I teed it. You know, you teed it up, and I I knocked it. That's that's what happened there. Anyways, proceed, proceed.
0: Right. So my train of thought was <laughs> cutting bait on players. I got there. Uh, I I did it. So yeah, it's just cutting bait on players sooner uh, that aren't performing. For instance, I'll give, I'll give you one real hypothetical scenario. Uh, Marquez Calloway had this amazing preseason. Him and Jameis were just on fire. Uh, I drafted him in a league fairly late. It's not like I, I spent an early round pick on him, but he was probably like my sixth wide receiver. Because, again, I love my wide receivers. And I was like, oh, this guy, he's going to hit. I mean, look what he did in the preseason. He was amazing. He's, he's going to be like my my, my my sneaky sleeper here uh, that I got at a really good value. And he just sat on my bench all year. Wasn't usable one single week. I finally dropped him last week uh, to make up for this running back debacle that I uh, had. Twelve weeks it took
1: to, to yeah. let go of the hype on Marquez Callaway.
0: It wasn't the hype. It was more like someone's got to catch balls on this team. Why isn't it him? And it just wasn't for whatever reason. Uh, so, yeah, you just got to learn to. You got to know when to fold them, as Kenny says, You just got to know when to walk away and leave the table. He's got pushing your chips. You're like, I'm done. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Kenny does say that. In fact,
1: I think that was a cut line from the song was, I got to get the fuck out of here. It was. Uh, I, I have my own example that I'd like to contribute here in, in honor of, of this really solid bit of advice that I will absolutely forget <laughs> by week three next season. I guarantee because oh, it's, for sure. it's a personal, it's too personal. Like you said, you're drafting these players because you believe in them. You don't want to believe that you were wrong. You want to believe that they will still prove you right in some way. Mm-hmm. Contribute. But Brandon Cooks was that guy for me. He came out so strong, so strong this year. It oh, was amazing. I mean, the first eight weeks he looked like it was the smartest thing I'd ever said was Brandon Cooks is going to be, you know, uh, a top guy this year. And then he crashed, and he crashed so hard, and it happened so fast that I was just like, it's a fluke. Ah, it's totally a fluke. okay. Well, you you know one down week, okay, single digits, uh, you can recover from that. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, Tyrod Taylor is now his quarterback. He's going to be fine because Tyrod Taylor is a better quarterback than Davis Mills. He's going to be fine. And He wasn't fine. And then the next week, he wasn't fine. And then the next week, it's like, eh, that was usable, but that's not very good. And I couldn't accept it. And now I still have Brandon Cooks on this roster where I am out of the playoffs now. It's like, maybe if I'd cut bait a little bit sooner, maybe. You know, I could have added somebody that was actually going to be a bigger value down the stretch. And I think to add to your point, it's it doesn't matter what time of the year it is. It
0: doesn't mm-hmm. matter how
1: far along the season is. This is still good advice, whether it's week two or week twelve. yep
0: absolutely.
1: <sighs> this one stings for me. I want to talk about this is this is sort of my last grievance that I want to. Because mm-hmm. that's really all this is. The show is just masked grievances of us. We're trying to take our grievances and turn them into an educational opportunity. A learning experience for us. And what I need to learn is that no matter how smart I think I am in terms of evaluating rookie quarterbacks and their fantasy impact, I'm probably stupid for drafting them in their first year. For non-dynasty purposes. And to be clear, most people are not going to walk into their redraft league where it's a one-quarterback league and bother with rookie quarterbacks.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: for most leagues like that, this is not going to be relevant. But if you're in those leagues, such as our home league, to call mm-hmm. that back, where people are always drafting multiple quarterbacks, because in our case, it's just limited wafer wire options, so you kind of have to stock the position, in every position, or maybe you're in a super flex league or a two quarterback league. Even in those formats, I am out on rookie quarterbacks. I was a big believer in Justin Fields this year. So another Matt and Aggie callback. Why the fuck not? But not even just Justin Fields. I also like Trey Lance because I thought, hey, they're going to eventually need to go to this guy. It might not be right away, but it's going to be like week four. And then Trey Lance is going to be starting, and won't I look smart having that guy? Now, in Mm -hmm. our actual draft, I got sniped on Trey Lance uh, by somebody who also missed the playoffs. So maybe there's a connection point to be made there. I don't know. Could be. But even the best-looking rookie quarterbacks, in this instance, I think it's Mac Jones. It's kind of crazy. I don't think any of us were calling for Mac Jones to be the most relevant
0: quarterback of this absolutely not.
1: And even he, as a really, really, really good quarterback for the NFL right now, has not been helping your fantasy rosters. But even the ones who aren't good for the NFL but should be good for your fantasy teams have disappointed massively. Trevor Lawrence. It doesn't matter. Urban Meyer. doesn't matter. Bad team. doesn't matter. Trevor Lawrence. He can still win you weeks. No. (laughs) He has maybe won you a week. This year it's been terrible all over for rookie quarterbacks and historically i think i got clouded by a guy like it's not a perfect example but lamar jackson in his first starting mm-hmm. year patrick mahomes in his first mm-hmm. starting year neither of them actually started their rookie years but the following season when they got the call
0: right and there, we've had a number about- of years here uh recently where young quarterbacks have done really well. Like Joe Burrow, his rookie season was doing great until he got injured. You know, so it's it's I, I can see where that you'd want to take that upside of like the young stud coming into the league and revitalize the the team and the organization. And you know, like I, I, I get it. Uh it's easy to fall into that trap. But yeah, real and let's be honest, most teams don't get multiple years for their rookie to sit on the bench and learn anymore. It's like you're a bad team for a reason, so you got a high draft pick to get that rookie, so you're going to play him, at least to get the experience. So, yeah, most times the rookies do play right away, which is why you want to have them, because you get that upside, but yeah, like you said, it just doesn't happen that way, more often than not.
1: Yeah, and even when they do play, it's not a given that they're going to light up your fantasy scoreboard. Mm-hmm. And I think this actually ties back really well to my first point about, or my second point, rational coaching. These are intertwined because rookie quarterbacks are most often drafted by bad teams because they have the higher draft picks. So the Jets, the Jags, the Bears, all of the... the 49ers may, I thought, was the exception to the rule. Turned out it really wasn't, at least least not in the way that I thought. But I think the hit rate is so low with rookie quarterbacks, and you can get caught up by the one hit. The Joe Burrow Mm -hmm. from last year is a great example, great call-out. You get entranced with that, and you forget that so many other ones do terribly. But you're like, I'm going to overlook it, because what am I going to do, draft Derek Carr back here instead? You know, let me take the upside rookie, and, of course— in doing so, we overlook Derek Carr and how he's actually been really fantasy-relevant mm-hmm. this entire season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, do I have something else? I don't know. I didn't write anything down in the show notes, so I'm just flying by the seat of my Slacker. pants here. I know. You're flying
1: by the, by the uh, cloth seat of your DeLorean.
0: I'm pretty sure you it was other... Was it? Those had to be leather seats. I'd have to go back and check. I don't know, man. I don't know that they were leather seats. Do you think a car made out of stainless steel would yeah. have just cloth seats in it? Maybe like polyester. Maybe they're, you know, because
1: it was the '80s. Uh, it could have been polyester or some or, uh, uh, or some sort of mixed material.
0: Uh, I'm going to double down on this. Um, you really think it was leather? Yeah, I do. How many interior shots do we get
1: of the Delorean in that movie? There's not a ton, to be fair, because they want to show the the
0: effects around the car.
1: So you get all right. So,
0: so Wikipedia. Oh God, says Wikipedia. Okay. Of course, we need to know the (laughs) answer. Okay. So DMC Delorean says it had. Where is it? I don't know, man.
1: Does it talk about um what was used to make
0: it go zoom?
1: (laughs) Does it talk about the fuel that was used to make it go zoom?
0: No. Yeah, uh it says a medium brown leather covered the seats. All right. All
1: right, fine. Like that of of all the research you did for this show, that was the most that you did for this entire episode. Was Wikipediaing what the seats were made out of? You didn't write anything down ahead of time in the show notes, but you're like, you know what needs my research and attentiveness?
0: It's the I did it while we were recording. It's not like I did it beforehand, knowing that this exact question would come up. Come on, if I had that kind of knowledge, I wouldn't be doing a podcast. Let's put it that way.
1: I think my point still stands, but wait. So, okay. So if there's, let, let's spitball this here back and forth. I'd like to end on a high note for this before we move into the the rest of the goods that we have, of course. Starts of the week, beer bets. But yes. I want to I wanna focus this on the one league again. And I apologize to listeners. We're going very heavily into our listener league today. Uh, but it, it's it's very relevant to us. And it's our shared league. It's our one shared league right now, mm-hmm. which needs to change next year. You can mark mm-hmm. that down on this segment, is that we would go back and join more leagues together. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so that will change. But let let me just ask this question to you. In terms of roster construction in that home league, I know you talked about running back depth already, mm-hmm. but outside of running back depth, is there anything construction-wise that you would change about how you made up your team?
0: Um, other than the running backs. Probably not. I mean, because you got in the playoffs. Well, there's that. But I mean, yeah, I waited on quarterback, not normally as late as I like to wait, uh, just because it got to the point where a second quarterback was going to be drafted uh, on our teams. So I felt like I had to pull the trigger. It worked out very well. I got Matt Stafford. Um, So I might not wait as long, just depending on how the run of quarterbacks go. Next year, I might draft a quarterback a little bit earlier but just with our scoring. But right. otherwise, yeah, I mean, having, I might go a little bit earlier on tight end and grab one of the, the big tight ends next year. It's been a little inconsistent for me this year with the tight end.
1: You went Kyle Pitts. I uh, did. I believe it was fifth round. So still respectable place to draft him, if I recall.
0: Yes, I think that's right. Yeah. So that that would might be the only other thing. Uh, I obviously thought that Atlanta was going to be a much better team, at least fantasy wise, than than they have been this season. So that was a bit of a disappointment. And and not to say Kyle Pitts has been a disappointment as a rookie. I just thought he'd have one of those outlier. All world seasons, yeah, which hasn't happened, but I mean, other than drafting more running backs and getting a little bit more depth, I probably would not change a whole lot as far as my drafting philosophy goes,
1: so if you could take that Delorean back to our draft more or less, you'd just shake your own hand and say, like, "Good job,
0: where'd go? You did it <laughs> yeah because you can't you can't account for injuries at the beginning of the season, right. I mean, if we had cMC for the entire season.
1: You'd be looking at a, a ten win season probably with, right. with how everything else has shaped.
0: Antonio Gibson, if he was, you know, getting the workload that he got these last couple of weeks and wasn't, you know, dealing with that shin injury for half the season, what would have happened? You know, there's others and then that's fantasy football. You never know what's gonna happen. But as far as how my team ended up, I think overall I was very pleased with it. Uh it just didn't shake out quite like I'd hoped, obviously
1: let me ask one final question here because what you just brought up made me think of this. We're talking about two players. Yes, injuries have just been kind of stupidly random this year for the Mm -hmm. most part, but the two players that you mentioned both were dealing with injuries or coming off of injury concerns, CMC Antonio Gibson. Has your rule at all changed with running backs in particular in drafting them if they have injury concerns at all?
0: I think it depends on the injury. So, you know, CMC was coming off of last year. What was that? The hamstring?
1: A uh, myriad things, I, th- yeah. I believe, with CMC.
0: And then it comes in, of with,
1: course, with the shin.
0: Yeah. But but CMC coming back with that hamstring issue or Noah's ankle hamstring. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's hard to say. I, I'd like to say, yeah, I'm going to stick away from them. But all running backs get injured at some point. It's just a matter right. of... At what point of the season do they get injured and how serious is it? Yeah. I mean, because I've been thinking top, about this. All the top yeah. running backs, it's CMC, Delvin Cook, Henry, Kamara, Gibson. I mean, they've all been you know, Barkley. I mean, they've they've all been injured at some point the season, whether it's in season end, ending or not. I mean, really the only healthy one has been JT. I mean, I think Chubb was dinged up. Zeke for a couple has weeks been there. mostly oh, Zeke, Zeke's been healthy. This last week was Uh, Not a great week for him. But yeah, overall, he's very healthy. So as far as the top 12 running backs, I mean, you've only got, what, three maybe that have escaped the injury bug this year at all. Yeah.
1: Because DeAndre Swift, same deal, has now been hit by injuries. But I will say the majority of these running backs are also guys who have been hurt. In the previous season or off right. season. So it's right. a, Derek Henry, I think, is probably the exception to that rule. Mm-hmm. It's like he came in looking very healthy. Yeah. And it, it took him a while to get there, but he eventually got injured, mm-hmm. like they do. So yeah, it's just something to consider, I guess, something to let yep. ruminate over the off season as we pop up on that. But yep. we oh, have other right. things to talk about in this season that don't need to wait any longer. Mm-hmm. So I think we should do those.
0: Yeah. Starts of the week here. So let's recap last week. Jake, you had Elijah Mitchell versus Seattle. Yeah, go ahead and crack open this bourbon again. You know what, though, that wasn't overall a bad call because he finishes RB thirteen. But that's a respectable start of the week, just outside top twelve. Not I, the I top I, ten, though. No I, no, I
1: bet myself that he would be a top I, ten. Guy. I was,
0: I was going to say that. So we made each uh, a side bet of our own start of the week. Uh, For this week. And yeah, you said top 10. Did you happen to look to see how close he was to the top 10? Uh, Like how many points away or no? No,
1: I know he was RB13. I didn't take a peek at how. I didn't want to bum myself out even more. Because he was already so close. Right. Uh, Right. I didn't want to do that.
0: But a very respectable start of the week, though. I will give you that. It's not like mine that turned out to be hot garbage. Uh, (laughs) Which I had Darnell Mooney versus Arizona. Finished as wide receiver 43 with 7.7 points. I said he would finish in the top 20 of wide receivers and did not happen. That game was hot garbage all around as well. So yeah. uh, not that I'm making excuses. It was just a bad call on my part. But I thought Mooney, he, he was you know, following the NBA Jam rules. He, he was <laughs> getting to be on fire because he was just... smoking hot these last few weeks so that was a little disappointing to see him come back to earth um so yeah i've I've got my how do we even address this
1: oh you went back to the old fireball by the way should be a sponsor
0: yeah at fireball whiskey uh please sponsor us
1: I'll include this in our reel to send back over to them just nice. so
0: that they know that we're keeping in tune here.
1: I, you know, I don't even know how to address these beer bets because we didn't
0: beer bet well, each other. Here's to trying hard. That's about it. Here's to, <laughs> here's trying, to hard. trying hard and
1: failing. Cheers. That's right. Oh. I keep grimacing like I'm waiting for really bad whiskey to come through, and it's not. It's really good whiskey. Sorry to you. Sorry. Yours is Fireball.
0: Fireball's not bad. Okay. Yeah, that wouldn't, I would cut this out of our reel to them. Oh, yeah. No, Fireball. I don't don't mind Fireball. It's not something I actively go out and drink by any means, unless it's Mardi Gras, but that's a whole different uh, story there. When in Rome, that's or right, Louisiana,
1: I suppose that's right. Uh, all right, well, we can get the bad taste mm-hmm. of the bats, not of the booze, out of our mouth there by moving on to our
0: current starts of the week. Yeah, so I'll lead us off this week. Uh, I've got Russell Gage versus Carolina, do tell. I know it's not probably the best matchup, but he's been getting more play these last couple weeks. Uh, I think we kind of expected this to happen once Calvin Ridley went out earlier this season. I think we expected Russell Gage to kind of step into that role. Uh, we had seen last season when Julio was out that Russell Gage was very much involved in many of the game plans. Also, they have is Kyle Pitts there, so you would expect he should have been more involved earlier in the season and he wasn't for whatever reason. O'Leahmezi you know,
1: Zakaius, how dare you.
0: Yeah, or Cortrell Patterson. Yeah. But yeah, you know, whether it's just the offensive coordinator is hot garbage there or whatever, Matt Ryan's toast. We we don't know. Regardless. He's been looking good these last couple weeks. He's been finally coming on. Carolina's defense isn't that great for all the moves that they made to try to go all in this season to really shore up their defense. They have a solid defense. I'm not gonna, you know, say anything bad, but it is beatable. And I, I think Russell Gage is gonna have a good week this week.
1: This is a this is a tough one because you said that you know Carolina's defense is what it is, but they are allowing some of the fewest points per game to wide receivers in general. It's not that they can't be beaten. It's that I don't trust Matt Ryan and Russell Gage to beat
0: them. I know it's tough, but That's it's the playoffs, and if it he this he could he could go off. And I didn't want to just give some bullshit answer like, you know. Start Jamar Chase or start Justin Jefferson. He's my start of the week. You know, I got to well, dig you, a little deeper here.
1: You don't have to do that, but you could make a good call that's a deep play.
0: <laughs> hey, when this ends up being a good call uh, next week, you're going to eat those fucking words.
1: If if I'll tell you this. I'll add on to the beer-betitude of this episode. If he is a top 25 wide receiver, I will take two shots in your honor.
0: Okay. That's how... I'm sorry, I can't get on board with Russell Gage. Wide receiver, Jake will take two shots.
1: Because you you mentioned it, though, in your initial bit of that, is why didn't this happen sooner? Like, Russell Gage, we saw what happened last year, and then all of a sudden, they come into this year, and as you said, so Calvin Ridley's out. Okay, Russell Gage is our guy. Step up, Russell Gage. No. Radio silence from Russell Gage until Mm -hmm. basically this past week. Maybe, as you say, it's just the offensive coordinator, the coaching staff coming around. I'm not sold. So I am actively off Russell Gage. I, I can't do it. Um, the, real quick before I get in mine, and then you can raz mine because it's a terrible name to throw out there. <laughs> but we do have a, a question from the chat here. Chase Kastner, what did you make of Sony Michelle's boom game? Do you think he takes over as their RB1? Dustin, Daryl Henderson, partly due to injury concerns, mm-hmm. was limited this last week. So, Sony Michelle, he did go off. He had 20 he plus points against Jacksonville. Do you think that that's a thing going forward?
0: As much as I want to say yes, because I picked up Sony Michelle in our home league this last week and it paid off handsomely. No, I think if Daryl Henderson is healthy, he is going to be the RB1. Um, while maybe Sony. It took him a while to learn this offense, and maybe that's why he wasn't getting as much playing time. I doubt it. I I just think the Rams really do like to have their one guy they rely on, and that's going to be it. So if if Henderson's healthy, Sony Michelle is off the table for me. And if Daryl Henderson is still hobbled with injury, kind of like this last week, yeah, fire him up. I think he he could be another RB one uh, level for this next week but uh other than that yeah he, he's it's all or nothing with sony michelle
1: yeah i think you have to be really conscientious of what sean mcveigh says in mm-hmm. these next couple of weeks because right now the word is he's non-committal to who it's going to be i think that's and, just because is daryl henderson healthy i think if daryl right. henderson was fully healthy he would say henderson's probably our guy
0: and and here's the tricky thing only because i was uh Submitting my initial lineup for our home league here while we were uh, uh, talking. And the Rams have a Monday night game this week. Mm -hmm. So that makes it real tough. You either hope that McVay or news comes out either Saturday or Sunday that Daryl Henderson is either a go or a probable no go, or you have to have someone that you can pivot to, whether it's in your flex or another RB. Uh, in the Monday night game that you can pivot to and hope for the best. Or you just stick Michelle in there and cross your fingers. But uh, if you're in the fantasy playoffs, you probably don't want to be doing that. So this is a really tough situation. Honestly, if it sounds like towards the end of the week that it's trending that Henderson is going to be in the lineup and be playing, uh, even even if they say he's going to have limited snaps or they're going to watch his workload however they want to word it, I would still probably try to find a different running back at that point, only because you. I would hate to be stuck on Monday night with Sony Michelle getting me two points off of like three three rushes. You know, like I, I I could just see that happening. So that's my two cents.
1: Well, and not to put too fine of a point on it, but we're talking about the Rams here, who just had to deal with their superstar running back. Dealing with knee injuries a couple of years ago, and ultimately mm-hmm. cutting bait on him because of that. Sony Michelle has had very similar issues to Todd Gurley. I would be shocked if Sean McVay is like, "Yeah, let's pile on 24 rushing attempts every game for Sony Michelle from here on out and right. just risk it that way." Like, I don't think your other running backs already dealing with injury concerns. There's no part of me that thinks that's a good idea. But maybe that's rational coaching fallacy at play yeah. there.
0: And, and oh. Michelle was brought in as a break glass in case of emergency running back because Cam Akers was injured at the beginning of the season. Right. You know, so, I mean, the only reason he got this opportunity is because Belichick didn't want him anymore and the Rams were desperate for a running back.
1: I personally, I, no, I don't think he takes over as their RB1 to put a fine point on this question. I don't no. think he does. I do think Daryl Henderson, when he gets back and healthy, whether that's this week or presumably next at the latest, I think it's Henderson because he looked great. Henderson looked great. at Just at hoping it's next week. week. Yeah.
0: Just for my own selfish <laughs> uh,
1: needs. You said you would never root for injury just moments ago in this episode. Dustin. I'm not now, rooting here for you injury.
0: Are. He's already injured. I'm not rooting for injury. I'm just hoping it takes an extra week. I want him to be fully healthy here uh, for, Shut for the playoffs.
1: Shut <laughs> up. That is the worst excuse I've ever heard. You're rooting for an in- injury suspension or sustention. Sustension? Extension. Extension? <laughs> yeah, extension. Okay. Hyperextension. That's what I just heard from all of that. All right. I am going to pivot to my gross start of the week here. At least by namesake alone, which is Devonta Freeman, running back for the Ravens, which I still don't feel like a lot of people know <laughs> this gross. year that Devonta Freeman is the lead running back for the Baltimore Ravens. He's playing Cle- Cleveland this week. He's playing the Browns this week. If if my contenders in a dynasty league where I am actively rebuilding will not ship off a third round pick. For Devonta Freeman, I'm guessing the majority of our listeners and viewers are also not probably willing to ride with Devonta Freeman, either in the fantasy playoffs or leading up to the fantasy playoffs. I'm going to tell you why you should. Devonta Freeman has been the guy in this backfield for the last five weeks. He's been spelled like all running backs are spelled eventually. And because the dude's 29, he's not a young buck anymore. And I know everybody's afraid because the last three years, Devonta Freeman hasn't done stuff. He's been bad if he's been active, but he's had a bit of a resurgence with the Ravens. He has had double digit uh, fantasy performances in five of the last seven weeks. He's had two that narrowly missed it. Uh, Now, one of them was against Cleveland two weeks ago, which I think is why folks are going to be even more concerned about him this week. But Cleveland is not a bad matchup overall. That game script got weird with Baltimore and Cleveland this last uh, couple weeks ago. I don't expect that to be the case. Also, DeVonta Freeman only played 49% of snaps that week. He's been well above that every other week this last handful. I think he will be once again. He's going to get, you know, your 15 to 20 touches guaranteed. And there's not a mm-hmm. ton of running backs you can say that about right now. Outside of your top elite guys, and even a couple of them, like Zeke. I don't know. Would Zeke get 15 to 20 touches? I truly don't know. But I really believe that Devonta Freeman is a lock for that. Browns are middle of the pack against the run. Freeman's been doing things. I'm not going to ignore it anymore. He's my start of the week. And he's a you know top 15 guy for sure this week.
0: Next. I like it. I like it. So We'll see if I like it next week. I know. I'm not going to do some ridiculous bet like if he ends up being, you know, RB 20 or better. I'll take two shots because uh, I'm not dumb <laughs> like that. So, um, Jake, you have the luxury or the pleasure of, of giving us our beer bet for this next week. So oh, I forgot you...
1: that was my – yeah. I, I honestly forgot this was my week. Hold yep, on. It's your Let week. Me...
0: Come up with Ugh. a beer bet here. Uh, Before we close out while you're doing that, I will give folks our weekly reminder last week for five weeks, which is unfortunate that it's first week of the playoffs for most people. But we got Indianapolis, Miami, New England and Philadelphia, um, which is really disappointing. So don't start any of those players. You will not get any points when you need them desperately here for your playoff victories. And remember, always go out and check for waiver wire drops, especially here in the playoffs. Because people want to get as many points as they can. We just talked about it. Go back, play for ceiling. There could be some diamonds there in the rough that that you can pick up, whether you use them this week or use them next week. When you uh, get past the first round of the playoffs, they're there for you. So just, just go out and check. It never hurts to check. I All agree. right. I've given you enough time, Jake. What do you got?
1: I wanted to. I I was so close to going gross again, and and I just feel like we've earned better. I almost did Matt Ryan versus Cam Newton for this week, and you know we're just talking about how bad Matt Ryan's been in general for fantasy. Cam Newton had that disaster week mm-hmm. uh, last got week. Benched. was on bye, but the previous week, yeah, I got benched for P.J. Walker. I don't want to do that to us. I think we deserve better. So I'm gonna offer us a better. Uh, Bet here. Okay. I'm doing total PPR points. Okay. The Bills play the Bucks, so Josh Allen versus Tom Brady, Bills versus Bucks, fantasy points. PPR I guess is irrelevant because <laughs> I'm talking about quarterbacks here. I almost did do the leading wide receiver. Decided to move away from that. So quarterback versus quarterback. What do you think, Dustin?
0: So TB12. Versus
1: Josh Allen, huh?
0: This is uh, actually a
1: risky bet that I'm proposing because if anybody watched Monday Night Football, they saw that Mac Jones threw three attempts against the Bills. Now, that was basically weather-related.
0: That was weather-related. <laughs> it was an absurd,
1: absurd weather game. But I'm just saying. You know, it could happen to TV-12, too. You never know. It
0: could, but here's the deal. I'm going to take TV-12. Yeah. Wow. Here's why one it's in Tampa. So that whole Buffalo weather bullshit. um, Hopefully we don't have to worry about. Hopefully the warming doesn't hit before uh, Sunday uh, and screws everything up, but I'm just tired of betting against Tom Brady. Yeah. At this point. I mean, they've, they've looked really good. I mean, as much as I love Josh Allen, love them. uh, The bills have been struggling over the last quarter of the season here. I haven't looked quite as sharp as they did earlier on. So um, that's why I'm gonna take TB twelve.
1: I, I I'm like it, I appreciate it. Juice. Hey, <laughs> I hope it pays off for you like it has been for Tom. This was uh this was a total coin flip. This is why I just landed on it as I was perusing there. I do think the defensive matchup is still a little bit better for Josh Allen. That's what I have mm-hmm. to hope for now. Uh here is that you know, they can't you can't run, apparently, against the Bucks unless you're Khalil Herbert or like four other running backs who have Gone over 100 yards, but they mm-hmm. still maintain you can't run against them. Uh, so I have to hope that Josh Allen, you know, finds that connection with Stefan Diggs and company. So this should be a fun one. I'm actually very excited for this beer bet. Yeah,
0: yeah, it definitely should be a good one. I like it.
1: We got so, out of the garbage, Dustin. We got out we of the garbage. It.
0: Hooray. So we think now it'll probably end up being a garbage game. like not It'll probably be like a 9-6 to six game.
1: Don't. Say these things out loud. Just to screw
0: screw everybody's playoffs uh, over here. Uh, Because that's how the world works. All all these fantasy relevant (laughs) players, which I have Chris Godwin on my team. So believe me, I don't want that to happen. But uh, yeah, that's probably going to end up being one of those games.
1: All right. Well, thanks for the downer note, Dustin. God damn it.
0: Well, it's not all puppies and rainbows here in... DTFF land
1: well now I hope that both Matt Ryan and Cam Newton go off for like 30 plus fantasy points just to balance this shit out
0: it probably will happen let's be honest because that's what fantasy does
1: honest to god I could see a world where that happens really easily Mm -hmm. where because it's fucking it's week 14 and everything's weird now so I'm kind of almost banking on it
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely So I think that just about does it there. Jake, do you have any last comments before we sign off? Uh,
1: Last thing I will say, if you are not in the fantasy playoffs yet, because a lot of leagues did decide to go through week 14 this year for the regular season, if you've not done so, heed what Dustin said earlier in this episode. Cut bait on players that are not going to help you right now. Name Mm -hmm. recognition be damned. Don't be afraid to cut those big names if you have to.
0: That's right good spot to leave that jake you can find my partner in crime here jake at jake trowbridge on twitter you can find our account for the podcast at drinking fantasy direct any of your questions there jake i think you said that earlier hit us up in our dms drunk trades any questions start sits uh trade questions we are here for you we, we, we do it all uh you can find me at ff dusty dog sometimes putting out content uh but mostly you can find me here doing the podcast so Uh, that's about it folks until next week keep drinking and talking fantasy football cheers FFers